0: Today is January 3rd, 2021, yay. We are reading from the big book of AA pages 65 through 67. Marla, uh, no, I'm sorry, Jeff H will be our reader followed by a 20 minute share
1: by Marla, both of Iowa. So Jeff, will you please start reading? Sure. Uh bottom of the page on page 65 we went back through our lives nothing counted but thoroughness and honesty when we were finished we considered it carefully the first thing apparent was that this world and its people were often quite wrong to conclude that others were wrong most of us ever got the usual outcome was that people continued to wrong us and we stayed sore Sometimes it was remorse and then we were sore at ourselves. But the more we fought and tried to have our own way, the worse matters got. As in war, the victor only seemed to win. Our moments of triumph were short-lived. It is plain that a life which includes deep resentment leads only to futility and unhappiness. To the precise extent that we permit these, do we squander the hours that might've been worthwhile. But with the alcoholic, whose hope is the maintenance and growth of a spiritual experience, this business of resentment is infinitely grave. We found that it is fatal. For when harboring such feelings, we shut ourselves off from the sunlight of the spirit. The insanity of alcohol returns and we drink again. And with us, to drink is to die. If we were to live, we had to be free of anger. The grouch and the brainstorm were not for us. They may be the dubious luxury of normal men, but for alcoholics, these things are poison. We turned back to the list, for it held the key to the future. We were prepared to look at it from an entirely different angle. We began to see that the world and its people really dominated us. In that state, the wrongdoing of others, fancied or real, had power to actually kill. How could we escape? We saw that these resentments must be mastered, but how? We could not wish them away any more than alcohol. This was our course. We realized that the people who wronged us were perhaps spiritually sick. Though we did not like their symptoms and the way these disturbed us, they like ourselves were sick too. We asked God to help us show them the same tolerance, pity and patience that we would cheerfully grant a sick friend. When a person offended, we said to ourselves, this is a sick man. How can I be helpful to him? God save me from being angry. Thy will be done. We avoid retaliation or argument. We wouldn't treat sick people that way. If we do, we destroy our chance of being helpful. We cannot be helpful to all people, but at least God will show us how to take a kindly and tolerant view of each and every one. Referring to our list again, putting out of our minds the wrongs others had done, we resolutely looked for our own mistakes. Where had we been selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and frightened? Though a situation had not been entirely our fault, we tried to disregard the other person involved entirely. Where were we to blame? The inventory was ours, not the other man's. When we saw our faults, uh, we listed them. We placed them before us in black and white. We admitted our wrongs honestly, and were willing to set these matters straight. Um, is that a good stopping point?
0: Yes. Okay, now I would like to introduce Marla from Iowa, and she will share for about 20 minutes or so on what was just read. Thank you, Karen. Thanks, Jeff. I'm gonna go ahead and start my timer. Okay, thank you. Good morning, everybody. Um, I got to take a deep breath here because I'm excited, very, very excited and I little nervous too. So I'm just gonna take a moment to get quiet and center. God, I ask that you direct my thinking and please make this logical for people. (laughs) Just use me to reach someone that might benefit from anything I have to say through you today, amen. So good morning, guys. Uh, My name is Marla and I am an extremely grateful recovered compulsive eater um, from Iowa. It looks like we have the Iowa contingency here today, Um, but I'm very, very, I'm so excited to have this opportunity to share with you what my experience has been in program and especially with resentments. Um, I just wanna give you a couple of my stats, just a little history. Um, I've always loved food as a little kid. Um, I've always struggled with food my whole life. My big eating disorder began more in high school when I was about 14 and that's when the binging began, the sneaking, the lying about food, hiding my food. And I started to feel very different from peers and things like that in my world. Um, I gained 80 pounds my senior year of high school. So my problem with food has always been the problem of eating too much. I've never been a restrictor or a purger um, or an anorexic. I My lowest weight has ever been 110 as an adult. My highest measured weight was 284 pounds. Um, I was a size 5X in a dress and a 32 pants, and I was morbidly obese for at least solidly 15 years of my life pre-OA. I've tried tons of ways to lose that weight, um, to stop binging, to stop caring about food. I tried tons of diets, um, hypnosis, self-help books, therapy. I went to three eating disorder treatment centers. One was an inpatient. Um, I used dietitians, nutritionists, trainers. I tried not dieting. I gave up dieting completely uh, for 15 years and just said, screw it. I'll eat whatever I want. I just keep getting fatter. Every time I go on a diet, I just get fatter. Um, And there were tons of efforts to try to, Prove prove that I could control my food and eat like normal eaters and eat in moderation the things that I saw other people eating with impunity. Um, But every time I'd lose the weight, I'd gain it back again, always plus more. So I did try OA when I was in high school. I tried OA three previous times, um, one in in senior year of high school, and another in early college, and another in uh, early adulthood. Um, And I I, you know, I enjoyed it. I got a lot out of the social part. I did some of the steps, but I never got the powerless piece. I never understood that I was hopeless on my own. I could not control the desire to eat. I couldn't stop wanting to eat. Um, finally, in, in October, excuse me, uh, in 2011, I went to a commercial program and actually this is after 15 years of no dieting and tried once again on a commercial program and I lost 106 pounds and actually got to a normal body size for the first time in like 40 some years. And I thought I had arrived. I thought it was it. I was done. (laughs) And what happened was I fell prey to the first bite again at one point, and then picked up those allergic foods and was off and running again and gaining the weight back just very rapidly. And I saw that golden ticket of normalcy quickly being ripped away. Anyway, um, suffice it to say that scared me to death. The binging got worse than it had ever been. And I finally walked back into OA, beaten and desperate as all get out and um, in 2012 November is when I came into OA and I have gotten the 12-step program of recovery. I worked it like um, like I had nothing else because guess what? I had nothing else and thank God I'm no longer that same person. Um, I recovered. I've been recovered now, just celebrated eight years of uh, abstaining from compulsive eating and more so i'm maintaining 120 pound weight loss the same size for 100 for 120 years same size now for 8 years it's a it's a freaking miracle and more so i am free in my head from the obsession the slavery to wanting food and thinking about food and i can be around any food and i have the promises of neutrality today that i'm grateful for but more than that bringing me to this chapter what what is The driving force of my uh, illness. I really believe, like we learn in step one and two, that my problem is that I've tried to unsuccessfully manage and control my life and your life and the life of everyone else around me and the world and circumstances to go my way for probably my whole adult life. Um, So everything for me has been this drive to figure out how to be okay, how to feel safe, how to be happy in my own skin, which I never felt before recovery. And I always blamed you. I always thought it was outside circumstances and outside conditions that led me to overeat and to feel anxious. And what I've learned amazingly in the program today is that I am the cause of my own problem, okay? I don't get to control everything out there, but it's what I think, what I tell myself, lies that happen in my own head that create those resentments. And today we're talking about resentment. So in the inventory, why do I need to look at my resentments, which I continue to do now on a daily basis when I'm doing my step tens, but when I did initially learned it in the fourth step, The resentments for me were the things that I believe I did eat over the most Um, because I would have such a seething anger in me and such an absolute preoccupation with what the other person was doing wrong that pissed me off that I didn't, why doesn't this happen? Why constantly fighting reality and creating anger for me. That anger and that resentment was all I could see And if you're not doing it my way and if you're not thinking what I think you should or wearing a mask the way I think is right, you know, any of these things, they block me from God. They block me. Those resentments will shut me off from God. God has always been there, but I can't hear. I can't hear God and I can't see and I can't think God. I'm obsessed with the people and the circumstances the same way I used to be obsessed with food. And so why do I need to process these resentments so that I don't die? Why will I die? Because if I'm living in that stuff and I'm blocked from the sunlight of the spirit, then I will die because I have proven over and over self-reliance gets me to 284 pounds and a slave to food and miserable and spiritually dead. So... How do I process my resentments? Well, it tells us right in the book that what I'm trying to do is get my blockage clear from God to me so that Marla can hear. And so what I have to do then is I have to write, I've written all the people on my resentment inventory that I'm angry at or that I'm having these thoughts over and over and over again. And what I have to do is it's telling me that these perceived wrongdoings on their part have the power to kill me not because the way my husband loads the dishwasher is actually going to kill me the event itself is not a big deal but the way my mind can magnify things the way my mind can turn me into just an obsessed person about I have to get my way it's always about getting my way that obsession in itself separates free from God. I get angry, I get so uncomfortable in my skin that eventually if I don't have something else to do with these resentments, I will pick up the food again. And for me to eat is to die. So for me, a compulsive eater, untreated resentments are poison. They are deadly to me, okay? Normal people can get away with it and it just pisses them off a little bit. For me, I will eat over it and I can't afford that today. So how do I deal with that? Their perceived things that they do to me or that I, they do, I don't like. It says fancy or real. How do I escape this? So now I have to make the change in me with my God. I have to look at me because I'm the problem in every situation. Maybe I didn't do the wrong thing, but my thinking, my interpretation is the problem. And that's a good thing because I'm the one then that can change with God's help and the help of my fellows. So it says, this was our course. We realized that the people who wronged us were perhaps spiritually sick. Though we do not like their symptoms and the way they disturbed us, they like ourselves were sick too. So here comes the sick man's prayer, the resentment prayer. I asked God to help me show them the same tolerance, patience and pity that I would cheerfully grant a sick friend. When the person offended, I say to myself, I'm changing the words now just to apply to me. This is a sick man. How can I be helpful to him? God save me from being angry. Thy will be. So how do I not be angry at other people for being who they are? Okay. For me, if I'm going to be able to get to the point where I can ask God to remove my character defects, I have to be able to start seeing things from another point of view. So, with God's help, when I would do my resentments, I have them on my list. And I think the easiest way for me to show you this is I try to make it as practical as I could. So, I'm going to use a couple of real examples from my own experience. Okay. The first one is funny. I was writing down the gamut can run. I mean, it can be a tiny little thing that can absolutely push me over the edge into. The brink of crazy insanity where food in the past would have become an issue. Now I know today when those resentments come, I can feel it because I'm usually pretty peaceful internally. And when I start to feel something seething or burning or replaying its head and twisting in me, boom, that's the time I better be asking God help me. Help me, God, with this. So I want to use a very trivial example, the dishwasher, okay? I'm not resentful at the dishwasher. I'm resentful at the husband who operates the dishwasher in the same household we live in, I live in, okay? That little thing, you would not believe how much that thing could cause such a rift in my marriage. I've been happily married now. I've been married 32 years. I'd say the last happy years have been maybe six or seven of them have been happy. But my husband and I had a lot of resentments toward my husband. Many of them were bigger than the dishwasher, but this little thing, you guys, so what it is, all right, this is what I, would use, I used to tell him. So I resent my husband because he does not load the dishwasher correctly, okay? He doesn't, he turns the silver upside down, he doesn't put, you know, whatever. I'm an obsessive compulsive person. I have my way that is the right way that things should be done, right? So in my brain, what happens then? I tell myself things like, he's a lazy son of a bitch. Why doesn't he care? He's so lazy, he's a child, he's stupid. Doesn't he know how to load the dishes correctly? So that's what my brain is thinking, right? Now I have to recognize I'm angry. The power starts to go, okay, oh boy, Marla, you need help. Okay, God save me from being angry. Now, is my husband spiritually sick because he doesn't load the dishwasher the way I do? No, so that one, the prayer comes from Marla, (laughs) help me realize Phil is not the same as you. He doesn't give a shit about the dishwasher. Just because something isn't important to him like it is to me does not equal lazy, stupid, pig, doesn't care about Marla, okay? But that's what I would tell myself. So by processing this, I would pray first. I ask God to help me have some tolerance toward the other person. This is a little example, I'll switch to a big one in a second. And then once I can let that go, like seeing it, trying to see from the other person's point of view, he's not thinking about the dishwasher. He doesn't care. It's no different than if I were to see his baseball cards and I wouldn't care if I just flung them on the corner and didn't watch folding the edges or something. It's not on his radar. Right. So if I could kind of see a little bit from his point of view, then what I do is That's what I get. Once I let it go, I say the the resentment prayer, whatever prayer, and I don't always use exactly the words in the book, depending on the situation. But somehow I ask God to take it away because it's going to hurt me. I heard that resentment is like me setting myself on fire so that I kill the other person with smoke inhalation, um, and that's what I do when I create these these uh, resentments in myself. So I ask God to help me let go of the anger, see it more from the other person's view, kind of get me to a more tame level. And then I go in and I look for what's my part. What are my character defects? Okay, so dishwasher. So we're looking for where am I being? Selfish, self-seeking, dishonest, and afraid. Okay, I'm being selfish, dishwasher incident. Clearly, I want my way. My husband should play the role I have assigned. I am the master of the household. I determine what shelf things go. Everything should be what I want as queen of the kitchen, okay? Where the hell did I get off thinking that my opinion about where things should go is more important than his? That is selfishness, okay? And also expecting that he has to do what I want in order for me to be happy and calm and peaceful. Um, Where am I being dishonest? For me, the dishonesty was in what I was telling myself, telling myself that other people should do what I think they should do, that they should listen to me and care about what I care about. And the other part was the dishonesty of magnifying and exaggerating a situation. It's not a big deal in the course of reality. And also the other part that was dishonest, telling myself all these things about what it represented. He is stupid and lazy. It makes, I used to, oh man, I would separate from my husband, emotionally withdraw. Uh, I would tell, have disrespected my husband because I'm telling myself it makes him a little boy. He's not good enough, I can't respect. Just told myself all this crap that caused so much misery in the marriage. And that was about the flipping dishwasher, okay? And then where was I being self-seeking? Well, how did I, what did I do to try to get what I wanted? I lectured, I criticized, I pouted, I silent treatment, I avoided him, I was very disrespectful. And I kept pointing out when I was fixing, I'm gonna turn this knife up the right way now. I just got so offensive in my behavior and became someone I didn't even like, you know, living that way, it's not good for a marriage. And then where was I afraid? Well, basically the fear was I married the wrong guy. He doesn't put the dishes in the dishwasher the right way, you know, but he's, he doesn't give me what I need. He doesn't care about my feelings. That that was really, ultimately, I married the wrong man. I'm going to be miserable forever. And I am not going to feel safe in my world. Okay. Now, that's a tiny example. Let's bring it to a bigger level. The bigger level. Um, take the same man who's a wonderful guy. Today, I see, today, you know, today we have a very strong marriage. And I'll tell you what, I'm the one who changed. I'm the one who changed. So the bigger issues. I... Uh, married Phil 32 years ago, and I will say that my resentments toward him that went on for probably all the years pre OA, um, pre this time in OA. Uh, my concerns about him was I thought he was selfish. He was a taker. He didn't give me what I needed. He didn't nurture me enough. He he spent too much time in the basement. Just complain, complain. He was addicted to, v, to TV. He was a hypochondriac. He was too needy, okay. and he didn't do enough for me. I never got what I need. Right. Okay, so that's how I lived for years. And we had, I thought I was eventually gonna get a divorce. I thought that's how my marriage was meant to be. Never able to see my own part in this issue, never. It was always him. Um, And that resentment, I will use this one as the biggest example, because it was the most current in my life that plagued me for many years. And I thought he was the reason for my unhappiness. Well, when I worked on this in program and got in touch with the resentment, I started to ask God to come into the scene. God, help me. Help me let go of the anger. Please help me see that some of Phil's things, the obsessing, you know, staying in the basement, hiding out down there, um, withdrawing. I started to be able to see my husband as a spiritually sick man. You know, he's an untreated food addict. He had a parent that treated him like he couldn't do anything right. His mom did everything for him. And I started to see things from his perspective, him as a human being, and started to look at his good qualities. And I asked, I read those sick man prayers. God, show me how to be helpful to Phil. Show me how not to criticize. I have ripped him apart for so many years, wanting closeness, wanting intimacy. And the very thing I thought I wanted, I was pushing away by my behaviors, causing him to withdraw from me. Who wouldn't want to hide out in the basement if your wife is constantly picking on you, criticizing you, expecting more from you than what you can give? So I was able over time doing multiple inventories on the resentments toward my husband to then be able to let go of some of that and to ask God for me to see him through God's eyes and to see him with truth and the reality of the situation and who he really is and who I've been in this relationship. So then it allowed me finally to be able to look at my part in this relationship. Where have I been selfish? Well, I'm gonna tell you, there's a page in the big book, I think it's 62, where it says that we made decisions based on self that later placed us in a position to be hurt. What decision did I make? You know, 32 years ago when I started dating my husband, I did not feel like a normal woman. My self-esteem was in the crap house and I didn't like myself and I didn't feel like I belonged. And you know what? When he asked me to marry him, I really liked him a lot. I loved him, but I did not get married for the right reasons. I got married because I thought that would make me finally a normal woman. I would have that sense of ease and comfort about life and I'd be okay. So that was the basis of getting married. So looking at that was just eye-opening for me. So how was I selfish? Number one, I married my husband for the wrong motive. It was all about me, not how to give to him. How can I add to his life? How can I make him happy? It was about me, what I want, what can he give me? And my needs became paramount at all times. What are you not doing for me? You're not filling me up. Uh, How have I been dishonest in that relationship? Um, the dishonesty is in telling myself, number one, it's his job to fill me. It's his job to make me feel normal and to give me worth and comfort in the world. No. Um, it's, I also, hang on, here. I'm just going to take a couple extra seconds here. Um, I, I was a hypocrite. I told myself, you know, that he was selfish when I was equally, if not more selfish. Um, I focused on his negatives all the time. The dishonesty was what I wanted from him that I told myself he couldn't give me. I was creating a situation where I pushed him away and I sabotaged the relationship. And you know what, since I've changed in this program today and I've become much more loving and tolerant and kind and nice and I practice my steps, our marriage is much better. And he, he. We have a great marriage today. We have not killed ourselves, killed each other during COVID when we're all we've seen for 10 months now. And we're having a fantastic time together in COVID. Uh, Self-seeking with my husband, the criticizing, the bossiness, the withdrawing, you know, and all that. And where was I fearful? I thought I'd be stuck in that unhappy relationship forever, be divorced, be alone, or just always be unsatisfied. And, you know, once I could look at my part in any situation, I've got tons more examples. And I'm sorry time doesn't allow for me to share other more, you know, things like work relationships, my mother, my father. But in able to look at the other person as a human being, and sometimes it takes hearing from our fellows to help us see why did they, when people do hurt us intentionally, people who are hurting hurt others. You know, I didn't wake up in the morning and say, you know, I'm going to be the most off-putting, rude, obnoxious wife I can be to hurt my husband today. That's not why I did it. I was hurting inside. I didn't know how to feel okay in my own head, in my own skin. And I blamed him and I took it out on him. And when people hurt me, I need help sometimes from my fellows to see what is their side? Where are they spiritually sick like me? And they don't have a program. I do, but those other people don't. And that's what they act out of their character defects the same way that I acted out of mine and still continue to do until I do my 10th steps. So in that forgiveness of others, In thinking that shift in the sick man's prayer, it then allows me to look for my part and then to correct my part. And once God helps me correct my part by focusing on my deep effects and praying for relief, then I become a nicer person and I become someone I like and I become someone that they like more and then I am more peaceful and then I do not have the need to eat. Um, And that's how I've been trying to learn to live for the past eight years of my recovery. And it grows and it changes and it becomes better over time. My inventory process has definitely been tweaked over the years. And there's so much else to say, but I'm gonna stop with that. And I hope that it made sense. I hope it was helpful. And of course, everything I planned did not get talked about today. It didn't go the way I was hoping it would, but I think it was good enough. So with that, I pass and I thanks for letting me share.